And our first reading is from Luke 2, starting at verse 1, the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Reading comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The Visit of the Magi After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has um, has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler, who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I may too 
Go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them, and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now I wonder how many of you younger guys enjoy going on journeys. Anybody like going in the car? How many of you have ever asked a question... Excuse me, mummy, have we nearly arrived at our destination? <laughs> Come we know this. Are we nearly there yet? And the answer is probably something like, um, well, we're five minutes nearer than when you last asked that same question. Of course, there are journeys that we have to make every day. Some of you will have to make a journey to school. Some of you will walk to school. Some of you might catch the bus. Some of your parents might... Uh, Travel to, to work on a train, could be by car. There are sorts of journeys that we have to make because that's just part of life. We can't get around them. Now, there are other journeys we look forward to with great excitement, such as when we're going on a holiday. It could be longer journeys, but we're not bothered because when we get there, it's going to be really exciting. We can uh, look forward to what's going to be at the end of it. Then there are the somewhat bizarre journeys, like... Uh, People who want to break a record. For example, the longest journey by a coffee-powered car. Yes, it's uh, true. A uh, a Volkswagen Schrocker, apparently, in 2010, was driven from London to Manchester, which uh, I think is um, quite a way. Uh, Car Pacino can apparently reach um, 60 miles an hour and uh, achieve one one mile per 56 espressos. Now, the Christmas story contains lots of journeys. We've seen some of those acted out uh, this afternoon. We've uh, heard them read to us. And uh, if you want just a quick reminder of those journeys, remember Mary and Joseph, their journey to Bethlehem? Not a journey they wanted to do. They had to do it because there was a census. The Roman Caesar said, well, I want to count how many people there are, so you've all got to go back to your hometown. And for them, that would have been about um, probably 80 miles And as we saw on the screen, not many forms of transport available in those days. The only thing was probably a donkey. And for somebody who's heavily pregnant like Mary, not a particularly comfortable journey to have to to do. She might even have had to walk it. Who knows? Then there's the journey of the angels that we saw acted out early on. Angel Gabriel coming to tell Mary that she was going to have a baby. And the angels going to the shepherds, a whole host of them, to tell them that a baby had been born in Bethlehem. Christ the Lord. Then there was the shepherds, quite a spontaneous journey. They'd heard the good news and it was, hey guys, let's go, let's uh, go and see what's going on. Let's have a look at this, uh, this new baby. Then there was the journey of the wise men. A somewhat longer journey, could have been maybe a, a thousand miles. One which they planned, maybe by camel. But um, a journey which they took because they'd seen that a new king 
had been born. As they took off on a, a long, risky journey, but one which they took because they wanted to go and worship this new king. And finally, there was a journey of escape. King Herod was a pretty ruthless, a nasty character. When he heard there was going to be a new king born, he was worried that he would lose his power, his control. And so he set to kill all the baby boys. So Mary and Joseph, they heard about this. An angel told them in a dream what was going to happen. And they, they fled. They went off to Egypt to escape a journey of escape until it was safe again. Five journeys, but do you know what the greatest journey was at Christmas time? The greatest journey. The greatest journey was Jesus coming to live on earth, coming from heaven to earth. In the sketch about the angels that we, we saw early on, they couldn't believe that, that God would come to this tiny earth in the form of a baby. Remember what they said? What, a baby? How horrible, how humiliating. God who created the heavens become a helpless little baby. And they're not being born in a palace or a posh hotel, but in a stable behind a common inn and being placed in a common animal's feeding trough. Now, if you think about the size of the, the universe, which is beyond our our real comprehension, all the trillions of stars and planets. You have to ask yourself, why would God choose to come to this tiny little planet? The answer is because this is where he decided to place man. And the size of the universe helps us to understand the contrast between God, the the creator of the universe, and humankind. As people, we like to think, you know, we're quite clever, don't we? We're, we're in control. But when we consider the vastness of space, it helps us remember just how small and insignificant man is compared to the God of the universe. And for God to choose to come to earth can only be because he loves us. He loves us, the people he created so much. Now, he knows we, we messed up. We try to do things our own way. We try to be our own gods. We try to rule this planet without any reference to the one who, who made it. And yet he said, I will forgive them and I will do something about it. We deserve to be punished for rejecting God and yet he says, I will forgive them. I will be punished instead of them. And so God made the longest journey from a position of power and majesty and authority to a position of humility and servanthood. He came from heaven to live on this earth, to die on a cross where he paid the price for our sins. And by his death he made it possible for us to be forgiven. He came to rescue us. He came for us to get back on the right path because he wants us to make the right journey. And that is the journey to Jesus. Because Jesus said, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. And the rest he was talking about was a rest for our souls. A rest that comes from being at peace with God and the promise of an eternity with him. Now the wise men realised that a new king had been born and not just any old king and so they set off to find this king. Remember a couple of years ago it was Christmas and uh, we had that uh, snowstorm and uh, nobody could move anywhere. Uh, we were told that don't travel 
unless it is absolutely necessary. And this little cartoon appeared in the, the Daily Telegraph. In case you can't read it, it says, Yes, I'd say our journey was absolutely necessary. Now, our journey is absolutely necessary, our journey to Jesus. We don't need to make a physical journey to go and meet him. But we do need to go to Jesus in our hearts and our minds. And we need to say to him, I need to turn from worshipping myself. I don't want to turn and worship you. I don't want to worship the things I've created, that you have created. I want to worship the creator himself. And I want to thank you for dealing with my problem, dealing with my sin. I want to be forgiven. And I want to put you first in my life. I've made loads of journeys in my life. Liz and I uh, travelled around the the world for for a year. And during that time, we had some journeys which were painstakingly slow. There was one uh, in India where we travelled from from Varanasi to Agra, which is probably about the distance from Long Crenland to to Edinburgh. And uh, any any of you who've done that probably knows it takes about maybe six hours. Uh, This journey took 30 hours. It was a journey where we went by train until it broke down. So we got on a bus in the middle of the night and that broke down. We got kicked off in the middle of nowhere. We got on a car. Uh, We went by tuk-tuk. We walked until we finally got to our destination. A slow journey. We had some scary journeys. If any of you have seen uh, Top Gear, you might remember that episode in Bolivia on Death Road where the road drops 7,000 feet within 50 kilometres. Uh, along the edge of the road are crosses which mark where cars and vehicles have gone over the edge. A scary journey. But we've had some exciting journeys as well. We've uh, climbed up volcanoes, we've whitewater rafted, we've um, gone across deserts uh, and uh, salt uh, lakes and all sorts of things. But none of those journeys compares with the amazing journey of coming to God. That is a journey one day we'll all have to make. But the question is, do we, when we stand before God, when we've made that journey, do we want to stand before him in confidence that Jesus Christ is standing there for us, saying, this guy has trusted in me? Or do we want to stand there on our own, defenceless, having rejected God all our lives? Because the key baby at Christmas, this is a nice story, but that cute baby grew up to be a man, grew up to be a, a saviour. He was fully man and he was fully God. That is the, the true story of Christmas. He came as a saviour. And I'd like to encourage you this Christmas, if you haven't yet accepted him as your saviour, as your Lord, then why not check out who this man really was? Because if he really was God, then that has implications which go far beyond this life. And this earth now, that has implications that go beyond into eternity. As a church, we are here to help you with that, uh, that journey of, of discovery. Uh, we have youth groups, children's groups that uh, teach about Jesus Christ and what it means to, to follow him. Uh, for adults, we run courses which help to explain what Christian, Christianity is all about. And we've got one of those starting in January. And uh, you'd be very pleased to come and join us in one of those. I've got leaflets you can take away on your way out. But can I just encourage you this Christmas, as you're tucking into your turkey, as you're opening your presents, just remember who that Jesus was that was born as a baby, who grew up to be a man, and who died in our place. And can I encourage you to make 
most important journey that you can ever make.